this has been kind of a, a real motivating factor in my public service career is climate change policy. I mentioned my work with the CCAs, right. local climate change leadership. My understanding this committee has certain statutory obligations it looks at, including oversight on programs like cap and trade that the state relies on. But beyond that, I'm hoping to really bring a strong, aggressive agenda and perspective on climate change issues. I think the state has really shown that it is a leader in this right. area. I think we can do even more to meet our aggressive timeline. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Sacktown Talks. Today we're glad to be joined by Assemblymember Damon Connolly, new to the the house here. Damon, how's it going? Welcome to the program and Thank welcome you. to Sacramento. Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here at the program and also starting the new job. Yeah, awesome. Uh, you know, last week I guess was I guess your first week back to Sacramento. Kind of what did you guys do last week and kind of how did you spend your your first week of the new year? Well, really getting up to speed. You know, uh, we have a number of new colleagues, uh, mm -hmm. which is creating a lot of good energy, um, meeting our other uh, assembly members. Um, we're waiting for committee assignments, right. but anxiously right. uh, getting our bill ideas together. Um, our staff, uh, in, in my case, is now in place, so really happy about that. So figuring out where the elevators right. are, et cetera, so all good. Yeah, that new elevator system is tricky. <laughs> it is. Push the button actually. beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not intuitive. Uh, you know, you know, being a new member, kind of like, how did you know? How did you find your staff and kind of get your office together and kind of, you know, know where to go? Well, um, you know, I, I um, met my chief of staff during my campaign. Uh, he actually grew up in the district, mm -hmm. had some good experience here in the capital. Uh, we hit it off, and uh, I think that was kind of the initial right. step, uh, bringing him on board, and then uh, have thankfully uh, really hired a number of great people. You know, I'm uh, going to be vice chair of a committee. Uh, that was great news uh, in the climate change okay, space yeah. and uh, bringing some additional uh, staffing capability in that regard as right. well, which has been good. So you represent 8012. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about your district for those who don't know? It's a great district. It's all of Marin County uh, and Southern Sonoma County. So uh, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of interesting, um, different perspectives, right? A lot of folks um, commute to San Francisco or right. elsewhere in the Bay Area. You have an agricultural component, the wine industry, mm -hmm. of course, uh, you have a lot of the same issues that are confronting communities around the state, homelessness, uh, housing, uh, transportation issues. So a lot of the stuff I had a chance to work on as a local government right. official for 18 years, actually. Wow. 18 years. Yeah. So like all the laws that were you know made here that put the pressure on Marin County to, to do housing, you actually had to, I guess, implement and, and I guess deal with. So now you're here, you can kind of return the favor. Huh? Absolutely. No. And with, with, you put it well, I mean, yeah. with that perspective, it's kind of where the rubber meets the road. How mm. are these laws affecting our communities? I can actually have an impact on that now. And I think that resonated with voters. Right. You know, you know, the Bay Area is always kind of known as a kind of more progressive area. 
but there's always this kind of sense of like Marin County is this like anti-housing place. And, you know, that's what I guess the narrative we always hear about that, you know, kind of what's the truth about housing in Marin County? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit unfair. Um, I think Marin has a story to tell. Um, I think justifiably the communities um, historically have tried to strike the right balance, right. right, where you're protecting open space and resources and be sustainable, yet recognizing we do need housing opportunities. So it's kind of what are all the options uh, to do that and being creative. I think where there is pushback uh, historically has been more around mandates and kind of the state um, imposing what's perceived at least as more kind of one size fits all approaches. But there's no question the need is there. And I think you're seeing that perception in Marin County and Sonoma County right now. Well, like, you know, obviously all of us want to live in places like Marin or like Newport Beach or San Diego, but there's only so much land available to live there. So I guess the only option is, you know, build up or, you know, what's what's the other choice? Yeah, or, you know, a a new uh, perspective. And again, this is uh, there's even been legislation on it is repurposing outdated shopping malls, for example, and making that housing or underutilized office space Mm -hmm. or or repurposing other types of buildings. Um, Second units, accessory dwelling units, that's a big movement uh, that I think Marin was on early, actually, in that as well. Um, So I think solutions like that, smaller infill development near transit, Uh, a big issue is always the financing, mm-hmm. finding the money right. to actually make these projects pencil yeah, out. Especially in Marin. Right? Yeah, Marin. rather than just having, you know, 10% affordability, mm-hmm. why don't we have a higher percentage? Yeah, interesting. And it's about the money. So, like, the beginning of this year, we've just been slammed with storms and water. And there's a lot of water surrounding, you know, your district. You know, how are you guys faring right now? It's hard. I mean, this is historically one of the hardest hit areas. I'm a little bit north of me is the Russian River. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of flirting with flood stage uh, levels right now. Uh, We notoriously have some roadways that flood every time. And sure enough, Highway 37 uh, just did uh, yesterday as well. Yep. That's the the one highway I'm always on. And it's just like that nightmare highway where you just see water on both sides and you're like, man, you just could see what could go wrong. (laughs) And that's certainly there's some long term issues with that um, that we're addressing. And that's four counties, Mm -hmm. right? Working together with Caltrans on some solutions there. But in the short term, sure enough, uh, the Marin segment flooded in part again. Highway 101 has certain areas that flood. Um, so it, we're at, we're definitely on high alert right now. No, definitely. Kind of, I guess, get to get more into you as a person, kind of, kind of where'd you grow up and kind of, I guess, begin your journey on, on politics. Yeah. So I'm a Bay area native, um, proudly grew up there. Uh, my wife is from Marin County. Okay. So we ended up in her neck of the woods in San Rafael, uh, raised our two daughters there. Um, I went to UC Berkeley for college wow, and okay. law school. So never went too far. Huh? Cow bear yeah. uh, through and through. Uh, but my first passion was to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was a twelve-year-old, um, kind of got that idea in mind. Didn't really know any lawyers, um, none in my family, but 
kind of set that goal and was able to do that. Um, and for a number of different reasons, kind of got involved or, or interested in public service, mm-hmm. ultimately. And that really started uh, when my daughters were younger, uh, serving on the school board. Okay. And kind of took it from yeah. there. So I guess, how old were your daughters when you got involved in the, the school board? Really young, um, which was kind of cool, right? Yeah. Being able to play that role in addition to coaching them right. and you know, basketball and, uh, working in their classrooms. And, um, from those days, education policy has really been an interest Mm -hmm. of mine. Um, so hoping to continue that, uh, up here as well. Um, after that served on the San Rafael city council and was still, uh, practicing law, um, originally with the attorney general's office and then uh, my own private practice. I always like the city council members. Like I just handed out to you, you know, starting what six at night usually and going until who knows when. Oh yeah. No, when you, when you tack on a full-time job or or practice doing that, uh, I was also part of a startup called Marin clean energy, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the first CCA in the state. Uh, so being a leader in that was really cool as well. So and then ultimately ran for county supervisor, uh, took on an incumbent, which does not happen all the time right. uh, and was successful in doing that. Wow. Yeah. And so you said you, you've been in politics for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So I guess what the last eight were you a county supervisor? Or I was. So uh, recently completed my second term. Uh, Mark Levine Mm -hmm. decided not to run for re-election to the state assembly. He was going for insurance commissioner. Uh, So really made kind of a quick decision. You know, the opportunity was there. uh, But it meant I could not run for re-election. So Uh, so that was the big decision. Yeah, yeah. And kind of, you know, tell us about the campaign and kind of how that went and kind of how you're up against it and how, how you finished out in the, at the end. Yeah, no, it was hotly contested, yeah. you know, um, maybe not surprisingly in that <laughs> neck of the woods, it was four Democrats right. in the primary, no Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, and great campaign, a really good candidate. So I came in first, uh, in the primary, but it was interesting. I did really well in Marin, not as well in Sonoma mm-hmm. where they didn't know me. Right. And the person who came in second did really well in Sonoma. So kind of after that, I joked publicly, I got the memo, right? right? I needed to get better known in Sonoma County and really vowed to be up there every day Mm. during the general election. Did it it pay off? Did you do better in Sonoma? For five months, but for maybe 10 days, literally was up there every day. I went from nine points down there Mm. to six points up. So I ended up winning wow. both Sonoma and Moran in the general. Yeah. So what, what what do you attribute that to? Kind of what was your your strategy and kind of what what worked best for you? And kind yeah, of- it was really great. I mean, there, there wasn't um, uh, much you know question to it. I just really needed to get better known up right. there, learn their issues, meet the people. Got some great endorsements. Mm-hmm. Uh, labor was huge. Um, but I put together this coalition that included the Chamber of Commerce, Labor, Environmentalists, the Farm Bureau, right. 
And it was just, I think, a lot of different You're the interests. Messiah. If you they, can bring no, they, all those together, we can solve well, all these problems. Knock, luckily, we have a table here. I'm knocking on. No, I mean, we we'll can see how long. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, just keep that coalition together. No, basically, I think even uh, the members of the coalition mm-hmm. were like, wow, we're really together mm-hmm. on this. And it worked out. And um, I think what it reflects is I've always tried to really be open-minded, mm-hmm. work with a broad range of people, listen to people. So I think Sonoma folks in particular learn that about me more. Uh, and then we just worked the heck out of it door to door. Right. My wife even walked over a thousand doors, wow. uh, which she now reminds me about a lot. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. Cause that can always be more a pleasant power to her. Right? Exactly. No. Yeah. So hats off to her. We had amazing volunteers and I think just that coalition Mm-hmm. And the endorsements and the work really pay yeah, off. No, definitely. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, going door to door, you know, coming fresh off a campaign, you're fresh out of hearing everyone's perspective about what's wrong with California. Kind of what in your mind is is what you're hearing and your kind of mandate to come here and, and look into. Yeah. So obviously I primarily bring a district perspective, mm-hmm. right? And and um, to sum up my campaign, Jarrett, what it really came down to is a message of I was seeking to be their local voice, right? That based on 18 years, Mm -hmm. I knew the issues. I had delivered, you know, uh, a record on those issues. So if you look at that area, and it dovetails really with a lot of the stuff statewide, wildfire prevention, uh, climate change Mm -hmm. and environmental ethos, um, drought uh, were big issues uh, that I want to bring forward. Um, housing and homelessness, uh, as well as, you know, keeping our, our schools strong. Right. So, yeah, I would say those were the main things I ran on. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly they're front and center along with other issues up here. Yeah. So you were appointed, what, vice chair of the Joint Legislative Committee on Climate Change Policies. Kind of, um, you know, you have a background kind of in, in regulatory things, working yes. with the AG's office and stuff like that. So that obviously will come in handy. Uh, kind of what are the, some of the things you're looking to get into uh, being vice chair on that committee? Yeah, no, I'm really excited. First of all, the fact that, you know, it'll be an opportunity to work with the Senate. So we just learned that Senator Henry Stern uh, will be my counterpart. Uh, so very anxious to sit down with him mm. and come up with our agenda. Um, my understanding and, and what's exciting about it is, again, this has been kind of a, a real motivating factor in my public service career is climate change policy. I mentioned my work with the CCAs, right. uh, local uh, climate change leadership. Um, my understanding this committee has certain statutory uh, obligations it looks at, including oversight on programs like cap and trade mm-hmm. uh, that the state relies on. Uh, but beyond that, I'm hoping to really bring kind of a, a strong, aggressive agenda and perspective on climate change issues. I think the state has really shown that it is a leader in this right. area. I think we can do even more uh, to meet our aggressive timelines. I guess that's kind of interesting is, you know, being from Marin and you guys have your own CCA, you guys are doing your own kind of clean power thing there. Is that a model that we can put out through the state? Because there's, I guess there's a lot of skepticism out there that, you know, every summer comes and we're losing, we don't have enough power. And like, here we are in the winter and all our power is going out. So yeah. kinda, 
How can we, you know, kind of get to that clean energy agenda and kind of keep the lights on? It's going to be a lot of different uh, ways. Um, But yeah, the CCA movement, I think, has taken hold uh, because we all remember those days Mm -hmm. when it was just Marin and then a few other jurisdictions. It was untested and and perceived as risky. Um, It uh, had a lot of pushback, um, primarily from utilities. Uh, I just heard recently there are now over 200 communities who are operating under CCAs right now. So it has really taken off statewide. I think it's part of the solution. I think more broadly speaking, uh, it's all about giving people the opportunity to tap into renewable uh, sources. And that includes having the infrastructure uh, to do it. One other area I'm really interested in is EV right. adoption, uh, as an example, kind of facilitating that. We have some pretty aggressive uh, targets mm-hmm. right now in California. You know, it kind of, you know, EVs are are kind of coming hold, you know, people are transitioning. Um, and there's always that kind of argument of, well, do we have enough power for everyone to charge their cars? Right. But, it, you know, a lot of these cars are coming back like the Ford F-150 Lightning and a lot of these trucks where you can actually power your house too. Yes. Um, kind of what are some of these new things that you guys are looking for for the EVs that kind of can kind of help solve this kind of grid and, and power? Yeah, no, so I think it's, you hit it on the head. It's those creative ideas, like so mm-hmm. bi-directional right. capabilities is what you're talking about. And my understanding is there may be some legislation on Every that coming Every EV out. should be that way, right? Right. Like, why not? Like, yeah. Can't Tesla just do a over-the-air update and just kind of put that in? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Now you can drive by day and then yeah. take care of some of your household Exactly. If, if I could have kept my refrigerator <laughs> on uh, just by uh, plugging my car back into my house, that would have been great. So, so it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah it's re- and, and again, California can be the lead in a way that's not just good for the environment. Right. Economically, it's creating opportunity as well. No, definitely. Um, you know, recently the legislative analyst office kind of came out with a scathing kind of report on our, our cap and trade system and some of our climate goals. Kind of what did you take out of that report and kind of, you know, what are you going to use from that to kind of bring forward to your committee? I think it was it was very meaningful. Um, I'm glad uh, that they came out with that. Um, my sense is the committee mm-hmm. that I'll be co-leading uh, is precisely the kind of uh, venue where we can take up uh, those issues right. and really be kind of candid about where are we, where do we need to go and how do we get there for sure. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's bill introduction season. Uh, what do we got? Uh, you know, ledge council uh, language updates coming up this Friday. Uh, then you got your introduction deadline coming a little after that kind of what are some of the things you're working on? And, you know, have you figured out your mix yet or how many bills you're going to carry this this year? Yeah, we're getting there. And, and as a new member, I've, I've got to say this has been kind of one of the better parts of the process is just really seeing how that all works. And um, gratefully, I come from a district where a lot of people have ideas. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of <laughs> right. one thing I anticipated. And, and they're not disappointing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one bill idea uh, that has now been numbered as AB 99 is uh, the issue of use by Caltrans of pesticides along roadways. So what our bill language, um, as introduced, says is if you're in a, a county jurisdiction that have banned the use of pesticides, mm-hmm. 
that Caltrans has to abide by that. Um, the concern being that glyphosate, other right. known harmful carcinogens, are being used by Caltrans along roadways that that have a public health impact. Right. Uh, so that is one bill uh, that we're doing. The wildfire space, as I mentioned, is something right. I'm very interested in. So we're introducing legislation around that, including, uh, for example, ensuring that seniors who may live in wildfire-prone areas cannot be denied their insurance coverage. Uh, that's something we've been hearing about wow. uh, back home as well. Those Organic farming. You know, I know, right? Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. let's <laughs> not go there this yeah. episode, at least. Uh, organic farming. Um, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of leaders in my district, we want to facilitate uh, small farmers to be mm. able to get that designation and get the funding uh, that comes with it. Um, other areas uh, we're looking at, um, gun violence. I'm hoping to work with my colleagues. Um, we have a few ideas there, and I mm. know others are percolating. Uh, the Portentino bill, uh, which I understand is being right. reintroduced. I'd love to co-author that. Just fell uh, short. As right? an example. Yeah. That's right. Last time. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, those are just some of the ideas. Um, and as I said, kind of the overarching oversight uh, goal around uh, our climate programs yeah. as well. You know, wildfires, you know, we just got all this water and, you know, feels like the drought's over. Um, and you're like, okay, great. We're not going to have any wildfires this year. But you're like, wow, I just saw a lot of trees fall over. Yeah. A lot of trees fell over here yeah. at the Sacramento and the urban area. I bet a lot of trees fell over in the forest too, which means there's probably going to be a lot of fuel out there in the, the forest to kind of clean up. What are, are some of your ideas on wildfires or what, you know, what hasn't been done recently that, you know, what more do we need to do? Yeah, no, I think, um, part of it is just the recognition that, um, we are now in a, a year-round wildfire season. So um, things I've kind of historically focused on are making sure that, um, first of all, our firefighting staff is uh, where it needs to be, mm. right? So that's kind of an ongoing issue I think we're making progress on, that they have the equipment. Right. Vegetation management. So, for example, in Marin, we actually came up uh, with the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority. It actually has a local uh, revenue source and taps into state and federal money uh, that it can leverage. So giving communities those kind of resources, mm -hmm. what we're really talking about is allowing every homeowner the tools and the resources to be able to harden their homes, right? And do it in an ecologically beneficial way. So I think part of it is um, managing biodiversity, as right. we are also doing uh, wildfire prevention. PG&E and other utilities have to be uh, partners in this. Uh, so whether it's undergrounding utility lines, um, ensuring that they're not... Right. Uh, unnecessarily uh, clear-cutting forests right. and, and the like. So um, making sure that we're striking the right balance. That's been the biggest eye-opener recently is, why do we have all our power lines ab above ground here in California? Yeah, and what, yeah. what would it take to put them underground? I know. So yeah. I think those kind of ambitious things, and of course now we're doing that with a budget right. deficit, right? That 
was also kind of the yeah. welcome to Sacramento. Yeah. So I guess, moment. you know, the, the governor just came out with his budget. I'm sure you haven't had a lot of time to go over and think about it, but kind of, you have any initial thoughts? Yeah, no, or I jotted down a few notes yeah. coming in and, and, um, there's some good news. Um, uh, and I think, uh, Governor Newsom's still speaking right now as we're right. filming this. Right. But, it, uh, so far we know that, um, education funding is not being cut. Right. Uh, that's important. And also, uh, apropos of what we were just speaking of, wildfire funding is staying intact. Uh, so that's important as well. So I think it's going to be all about, you know, the, the initial thinking is it sounds like um, we may be okay right. uh, with uh, prudent reserves, uh, thanks to uh, voters and taxpayers in California and some good decision making. Um, but that's something we're going to have to be vigilant right. about is, is spending wisely. Uh, and, you know, maybe we don't have the luxury of, of a lot of new money, but uh, there is a lot of money out there still. Yeah. Well, Damon, I know you're on a, a time crunch here and you got to get to work for uh, your district there. But thank you so much for joining us and taking time to, to come tell us about what you're doing here. And uh, if any of our listeners kind of want to follow you along on social media, where can we find you? Yeah, so I'm both on Twitter and Facebook, um, and feel free to give us a call at the office, okay. and we'd be happy to follow okay, up. Okay, yeah, and everyone give them some good ideas, all right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, thanks, thanks Jared. Jared.